Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And welcome to the first part of our season preview. Uh, we're doing it in two parts based on the 2013 ladder order. So this first edition will be from 16th to 9th. The second edition will be 8th through to 1st. And what we're going to do is just run through the teams, uh, have a quick review of how they went last year, thoughts and predictions for this year, uh, gains and losses, and, uh, yeah, just give a prediction where we think they're going to end up in 2014. So, obviously, kicking things off, it's uh, the Wooden Spooners, the Parramatta Eels. Mm, Parramatta Eels. How are they going to go this year? Well, I think the biggest thing you can say is they've improved their 1, 6, 7 and 9. The spine looks a lot better. So yep. that's, uh, you know, probably the biggest step forward you could take, regardless of uh, what troops you've got around it. Jared Hayne has carried the burden single-handedly, along with Sandow, obviously, uh, it's probably got to sand out a lot more than it has Hayne, seeing he's had massive issues on the drink and the gamble and whatever else the last two years. But uh, Chuck will hop wider in to help out Hayne, even though I know he's not part of that spine, plus Norman and Pete's, and I think there's a, a great base there to build a team around. Yeah, there is, definitely. I'd agree with that. I think the coach um, is a positive move. Uh, they were a rabble once uh, Ricky Stewart obviously left them um, at the end of last year and, and all the drama and the fallout of that. Um, I don't think Chris Sandow will play much footy this year. I think the um, the half and reading and, and trying to go off what uh, leaks out of Parramatta are saying is that Luke Kelly's going to be the half at Parramatta. So um, I know we've put up in our blog that Sandow will be the half, but um, from what I'm hearing, Luke Kelly will actually line up in the seven. Um, oh. He's got a prior relationship with Brad Arthur from down in Melbourne, um, but I don't really think uh, Parramatta's success is going to hinge on, on them. I think Jared Haynes staying healthy is a number one. Uh, number two would be, obviously, the addition of um, Pete and Norman, who I think are going to help them out uh, tremendously. Well, if Kelly's going to be the seven, I'd be very surprised, let's put it that way. I'd much rather... I know Sandow probably... Well, is what, a, from what I'm hearing, he's going to start round one. He may be a little unstable, but with what's been put around him, uh, I think he'd be a lot better off, and it'd free him up to probably do what he does best, which is try and sneak through the line at times and not have to organise as much, because we all know he's not an organisational half, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, but, uh, we're not seeing them train either. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There might be other reasons why Sandow has fallen out of favour. Um, but obviously, he hasn't played great footy over the last two years, so... Parramatta need a return out of that investment, that's for sure. Mm. Well, you know what you're going to get uh, out of the reliable Tim Manor and Philly Philly. They've also signed another big man on board, Lee Mossop from England. Uh, my thoughts on him, a lot of people have said, what do you think? From what I've seen in England, he doesn't seem like your uh, everyday kind of front row. He doesn't play like Manor and Moy Moy, that's for sure. He just carts it up the middle. He likes to try and play a bit more like a 13 and have a bit of a tip on and, and a bit more finesse about his game. But unluckily for them, I think he had a shoulder operation when he got here, so he's not going to be playing at the start of the year anyway. But I think he's going to go good. 
I think he's going to go real good for Parramatta. Yeah. Well, hopefully this injury is not too long of a layoff because it's not exactly a great way to start a stint when you're one of the key signings. But um, you know, if, if Willie Tong is healthy, I thought he looked good in the nines along with Hopwater. I think their centres look a lot better. Um, Norman helping out, Sandow takes pressure off. Pete's is going to be a rock in the middle. And the biggest thing is just to keep developing a lot of the kids that they blooded last year. So Kalepi Tanganoa, uh, Penny Terrapa, I really two. I, I really rate those two. They're both good Moving players, forward. and I also like Ken Edwards, who got blocked out by the second tier cap. So I expect to see those kind of guys along with the young front rowers, Junior Paulo and Paulie Paulie. Depth, uh, I think we both agree is a bit of an issue, but this is just the start of a rebuilding phase. So the, the foundation of that's working with these kids. We're relying on those couple of veterans and having that spine in place. Well, if they've got the cattle there to replace, you know, the hole that Nathan Highmarsh left, um, everyone sort of predicted them um, to not get the spoon last year. It seemed like we were the only ones that sort of locked them in. Um, I know Nick Tedeschi as well locked them in for the spoon, but it seemed like there was a, a feeling that Parramatta were going to improve um, under Ricky Stewart. It didn't happen. Um, so I, I, it really confuses me. Um, sometimes, but this year I can see them improving. I, I think they've done enough. Um, they've improved their roster. Uh, I think there's more solidarity. It seems like Brad Arthur's um, got his head switched on and uh, he's brought in a toughness to them, uh, a discipline, um, and nothing too outrageous. He doesn't say too much, Brad Arthur. The best thing for Parramatta is they've been out of the media for the last three months, haven't heard a peep. Which, yeah. is, which is a positive thing for them because they need to get on the field right. Forget about all the crap off the field. Um, I said this in our preview blog, just the biggest thing is, is there's, there's three or four different factions of people trying to pull the club in one way or the, or the other. Um, the biggest thing for Brad Arthur is just consistency, solidarity, and just having to worry first and foremostly about what happens on the field and all the crap off the field. Yeah, well, number one, he's worried about footy. Like you said, that's the... Well, but coaches in the past haven't been. That's my point. Yeah, so. well, he, he's gone there, I think, under a different kind of circumstance. The players asked for him to come back. I think he knows himself, or he's kind of gone in and said the same thing. Uh, Daniel Anderson's there. I think Daniel Anderson's a much more stable influence than some of the other blokes that have been there previously. But uh, looking at it, probably depth might be a bit of an issue, but... Then again, I still think they've probably got better players in reserve than what they did last year. Well, they do. That's right. In gaining, um, you know, some middle middle range kind of players like they have, um, and you've got a few younger fellas pushing up. As you said, Ken Edwards. Um, they would have loved to have given him a start last year, but now he comes in. They just look. Their depth isn't great, but no. they look a lot better than what they have. But there's another. There's a, there is an upside to their depth though, because there's a lot of blokes there that can grow. They had Manu Mao playing the nines. He looks yeah. like a a bit of a player. There's competition with Morgan, Loco and CO in the backs now that they've got Hunt and, you know, Semi Ran Randra come through at the back end of the year. They bought Faramo who played for USA in the World Cup. So in general, uh, they've boosted all, all those kind of spots. There's a little more competition. Uh, there's, you know, room for development and um, you know, moving on to the predicted finish for the year, they are a bit light on, but my big thing is easily that spine. I think the spine will be a stable influence throughout the year, minus injuries. I think they could probably finish 14th. Yeah, I've got them 14th. Um, but I think they could potentially finish higher, um, depending on how some of the sides ahead of them go. Mm. Um, but yeah, I can't see them making the eight, put no, it that way. But I, I think if they have eight. a really positive year this year, um, if, if Jared Haynes stays on the field fit and fires... Um, they could finish just outside the eight, I suppose. But, um, no, I agree with you. I've got them 14th. Mm. Um, having a look at the sporting bet uh, gambling odds, if you, if you want to have a bet, Parramatta are $51 to win the comp. They're 67 to win the minor premiership. 
$9 to finish in the top four, and I guess the value is going to be in the 375 for them to make the top eight if you fancy that. Um, if you're going to back them, miss the eight, it's a dollar twenty-four, so it's not worth the bet. Um, but they're listed at four dollars fifty to win the wooden spoon. Yeah, well, the, the only way I can see the spoon coming is if injuries to those key positions and things went really awry. But mm. uh, only time will tell. What about our overs unders? Overs unders, they're six and a half wins. I think they win over. Yeah, so do this I. Year. So if you think they're going to win over, um, they're. A dollar seventy-two, which we both got them at, which isn't bad odds. Mm. And the under is two dollars oh eight. Yep. We're moving on. Fifteenth from last year on the ladder was the West Tigers. So uh, this year, well, I'm just looking and I'm trying to see what's really changed. Anything I can think of is it, it's Potter's second year. He's got a little more of his touch on the side, but they still didn't really have a big recruitment drive, and the Marshall issue's gone, I suppose. But I think the situation is almost the same, probably just minus Marshall. They blooded a lot of kids, but they still need time in first grade. Uh, you know, Brooks has got a heap of expectation being heaped on him. I think that's a bit unfair for everyone to be saying, oh, we're back in the eight. We've got the next Andrew Johns. You know, uh, Farrah's there. Woods is there. They're kind of the two that are going to have to lead from the front. But around now, I'm still looking around at Braith and Asta. Like, is he going to be playing six? Is he going to be in the back row? Oh, you know, I think he slowed down a fair bit. Adam Blair's still being disappointing. Uh, it's just... Keith Galloway, like they gave him a new three-year deal after he's been injury plagued the last couple of years, and yeah, and he's on the downhill run in his career as well. There's lots of little bits and pieces like that. Um, Losses. Well, Mick Potter, he's under pressure, Mick Potter, isn't he? They're, they're going to have to make the eight. You'd say for him to retain his job, and for me, they don't look like they're going to make the eight. I mean, they posted a seven and seventeen win-loss record last year. I think they're going to struggle to replicate that this year. Yeah, and I think injuries already hit them, so they're already on the yeah, back yeah. foot. Molson's gone. Uh, for you know an unlisted amount of time, they're not sure yet. Dean well, Hallett's three months in it. Well, it's Same, probably Dean been. Months. It's probably already oh, been. Sorry. Dean Hallett's he's two months. No, he's four months. Four he's months gone to the bus. So you probably Syrian yeah. out for twelve weeks already. And then yeah. I looked at a list the other day that was talking about a bunch of niggles and issues. So Brooks has been carrying a niggle, which is why he's played no trials. Mm. The other young front row, Brown, had a pec problem. Simona's off for shoulder knee reconstruction. Keith Galloway again's got an injury with a bloody toe problem. Yeah, and so, who have they added? Really? Well, that's the other thing. You know, Corey Patterson and uh, Keith Lear are not really what I'd call... You know, they've had experience, which is one thing to say, but they're not yeah. really going to have boost them into a top eight side. And there's no doubt they've got a great group of youngsters coming through. Oh, um, they obviously group. won the uh, the NYC two years ago. Um, but for me, similar to a lot of these clubs down the bottom of the table, are these guys ready to step up and play first grade? Well, a lot of them already have. I yeah. think putting them in with the, their mates that succeeded last year is probably a good idea, but... I think they're looking down the barrel of... Like, like the week-in, week-out grind. Yeah, exactly. But the ones that played last year, I don't think, are going to have as much trouble. But there's plenty that I think are going to get blooded in. They're going to go through the same process. They're going to flatten out. They're probably going to have an injury or two. And uh, like I said before, I think they're putting way too much expectation on Luke Brooks. As good as he could be, I don't think there's the tools there right now anyway for him to be touted. I, the next Andrew Johns, he's getting us in the ad, he's doing this, he's doing that. Yeah, well... If he's got niggles like supposedly is happening, he had a bit of an ankle problem at the back end of last year, I'd be more inclined to take care of him than yeah. I would be to smash him up. Yeah. And it's but a, then again, Mick Potter's going to be thinking this year. He's not going to be thinking um, long-term. So that, that's the balance, isn't it, for some of these clubs? Like, like um, for the West Tigers, they need Luke Brooks to be to be fit long-term. Mick Potter needs him to be fit and, and deliver right now. So it's just that balance between what the coach wants and, and where the club's going. That's why it's so important for, I guess, the coach to feel secure in his job um, and then he can make decisions based on, you know, 2015, not just this season. Mm. Well, you know, Pat Richards was the other one. I know a lot of people are happy about it, but I'm kind of looking, where's the upside? 
They've got great... Yeah, the backs is probably their strongest point, so why did you bring Pat Richards back? Yeah. You've got Corabidi, Simona, Nofaluma that has signed another young 20s kid for two more years, Deloise Hoyter, uh, Curtis Rowe, the Kiwi, you know, junior Kiwi fullback. Like, they've already loaded up in that spot, so why did you bring him back for? Yeah. It doesn't really make sense to me. The two that did make sense are Blake Austin and Martin Tapia. You've got an option there to partner Brooks. I can kind of get... He, he didn't really get a great look at Penrith because every time he got in, he got injured twice. Yeah. And the other time he got pushed out for Lewis. And Tapia was kind of obstructed at the dogs. But, yeah, him and good James Gavay, I think, can help out. But Galloway, injury prone. Bodine Thompson hasn't been great. Uh, Murdoch Masil is inconsistent. There's just lots of things like that. So... For me, I'm, the only thing I'm really looking at with any positivity is Tedesco, Nofaluma, Simona, Corribidi. And if I knew, like you said before, if I was the coach and I knew I had another year to work on things, uh, my biggest priority would be getting these kids in, you know, getting uh, Nathan Brown and getting Kyle Lovett in there, Curtis Rowe if you can get a chance, and, and Moses if he's physically ready, as well as like Manaya Cherrington and Andy Figatusa and all these kind of blokes and uh, the ones they put in last year, you know, Suaso Su and see him in a fun guy and Buchanan like this is the base going forward if yeah. if it's going to be a painful year uh, it's you know it's that balance exactly what you said before is he playing to make the 8 he probably is so he probably doesn't have the opportunity to do yeah, that but is... at the same time I think at the end of the day that's what he's going to have to end up doing with the, the stock he's got on here and he's, he's probably going to have to push those kids in and just uh, you know I think the next guy up if it does get to that situation, he's going to be very lucky mm. for what he walks into. Well, that's right. After someone and, does the dirt work. Um, I think this was always going to happen. I mean, they went through that period where they were favourites, favourites, favourites. You can't keep them all. They're now dropping off, which is, is to be expected in that cycle. Mm. Um, but I just think they're not managing it real well, the Tigers. They're, they're putting a lot of pressure on the coach. Um, and it's similar to what Parramatta did, I guess, yeah. in that run where they sort of made the grand final. They sacked Anderson, and then it all sort of snowballed from there. Um, I see similar things happening out at the Tigers, and with that, you lose depth um, because you're, you're putting all your eggs in the one basket, like they did with Adam Blair. Um, that was obviously must be frustrating for Mick Potter as well because that wasn't a decision he made. No, you and know? they gave away for feeder and that deal, along with a couple other blokes that were at least solid compared to what they picked up. So, yeah. uh, all, all things aside, I think the, the pressure is on him. But at the same time, this stockpile of kids, along with who they've already put in, and Brooks and Austin and Tapau, that that's my goal. Even if I'm probably on the out, I'm thinking, well, I might as well throw caution in the wind, try and start putting some connections there and actually moving forward. And uh, Who knows? He, he, he might lose his job, he might not, but I, I'd be just following the same path again and trying to develop that team. All right, some gambling odds? Well, you haven't given me a finish yet, but I've got them 15th, which is where they finished last year. I don't see things getting much better, but... Uh, if they stick to stick to the project, keep that path, I think they can definitely turn into a future top eight contender as well as a title threat in a couple of years' time. Well, we both got them 15th. Mm. Um, that's where they finished last year. I think that's where they'll um, finish this year. Yeah. Um, some gambling odds. There's $67 to win the competition, 81 minor premiership, 11 to finish in the top four, and $4 to make the top eight. Obviously, same again, similar to what we said about Parramatta. If you're going to have a bet and you like the Tigers, back them to make the eight at $4. Yeah. Um, Four dollars for them to have the most losses. That's probably, you know, well, we, we've obviously we don't have them last, but I think they'll be thereabouts. I, I um, go back to what I said about Para. I think all those those two in Canberra are grouped in together, depending on injuries and origin or whatever else happens. I think any one of them could get the spoon. Mm. But if you're looking at them full strength, I, I still think that the you know 
the Tigers and the Eels are, are not going to get last place. Yeah, and a dollar a dollar twenty two just to miss the top eight. Stay away from that. Um, the overs unders the West Tigers um, over six and a half wins a dollar eighty under six and a half wins a dollar ninety seven. I'd say over. Uh, you've got them over. I've got them under. So I think they'll probably have six wins. Um, and you think you think they'll have at least seven? Well, least I've seven. looked at the last couple of years' ladders just to see what the bottom looked like, and there were, um, the only year where someone was really left alone at the bottom was when North Queensland won five games and got the spoon. Everyone in front of them had seven, and then there was just a log of people on ten. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of. Gonna, I just think the. I think there's going to be a massive log jam in the middle of the table. Well, I agree. But at I the bottom, think I think there'll be, be more teams on little, and I think there's going to be a lot of teams on more wins. Well, I kind of got a log jam. Then I think, like you know, maybe the Tigers and Power on seven or eight, and then maybe just you know, poor old Kim. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, we're going to give you the overs unders and, and what the line is, and um, have a bit of fun with it, and we'll see what uh, how we go at the end of the season. Anyway. Yeah. Well, the next team, fourteenth uh, in two thousand and thirteen, the St George Illawarra Dragons, and. Uh, it's pretty much the same story we keep coming on to. Rough couple of years, the coach changes, different side, blah, blah, blah. But it started off, you know, he had a bunch of veterans. Wayne Bennett kind of pick and choose uh, what was left over, what he wanted to take to Newcastle and left Steve Price alone, I suppose. Yeah, he did. He left him in the lurch a little, I guess. Um, Price sort of hasn't had his team. Um, but then again, people would argue and say, well, look, Steve Frost came in after Wayne Bennett. Well, he was there the whole was time. So he knew it was yeah. coming. Um, but then again, Price wasn't making decisions. No, he, he, he would have had an, some input, I guess. Um, but I'm sure behind I the scenes... the CEO probably should have taken more control over that. Yeah, um, Peter Dow should have taken more control, for sure. In terms of, you know, like, I'm leaving, but... Uh, you know, he's in the position he's in now. I think he's done a, a pretty good job with the recruitment. Mm. Um, I like their roster for this year, mainly because they've they've shored up their spine. Um, well, obviously, they've got Dugan and, well, and they've added some good halves. The best thing they could have done is exactly what they did there. They let go of Matt Cooper, Nathan Fien. Uh, you know, Pryor didn't look like he was happy there. The, one of the Stanley brothers moved on again. Soward didn't look happy. Wayman was a bit uh, past it, so... They kind of got rid of some players that were part of that little winning streak, but it, you know they were just done, over and done with. And they kind of they get back on top of that. Uh, Jared Beal, you forget about he was their recruit the year before. Yeah, he's probably lost now. lost his chance to play fullback, but I think he'll get a chance in the centres. So he's almost like a new recruit. And yeah, yeah, uh, recruitment. They got Dugan as a bonus last year, pretty much because of uh, Canberra stuff, up, which. Uh, is an argument for another day. Is is that fair? But he he turned into their best player from game one. Yeah, he did and, without doubt. And um, he obviously got injured towards the back end when they they look like they might sneak into the finals. Um, obviously, didn't end up happening. But uh, this year, I think the key is you know you're probably going to lose him for Origin. But but outside of that, it's just Morris as well fit. probably. Yeah, it just just Dugan. I think. Um, he had, I think he had 17 tries and tries combined in, in his 10 games there, which is. You know, for an offense that struggled traditionally over, you know, while Steve Price has been the been the coach, that's massive numbers. Yeah. I mean, he's throwing on top of that. You know, that Whitop and Williams are going to take some pressure off him. I think Rain, Rain sort of reminds me a little bit of um, Jake Friend, probably two or three years ago. Yeah, well, he's got that um, little bit of room for improvement. And but... the questions I had over Jake Friend were: Can he keep? Can he pass? And last year he added all those strings to his bow. Yeah. And look where it, it left the Roosters. So and they've got Craig Garvey as a backup. So yeah. not only do I like their hooker rotation, but like you said, they've sorted out the halves, which were a big problem last year. I've still got questions, though, purely because Whittop's been playing with probably the, arguably the three best players uh, in those positions, so he's had a pretty easy time of things. And 
Sam Williams couldn't really make the Canberra seven his own. I know he kind of got stuffed around a little bit, but they weren't exactly in the strongest position. No. So, I, I, you know, I, I need to see that for myself. What, you, uh, you're not convinced on Sam Williams? I'm not convinced on both of them just yet as a partnership separate from where they were. Well, I know? think for both of them, if you're looking through their eyes, you're probably thinking, well, I'm glad we're here together. Yeah. Not by myself, with but, Nathan Fiend or with someone who's yeah, exactly. untested. So I think, and I agree with you. Um, but but, but I, now it's got to come together. I we think Will would have learned a hell of a lot off those players in Melbourne. Yeah. He would have learned a lot off Craig Bellamy. Um, and it's the right time for him to step out of the shadow. It's um, a good spine. He's got Dugan and I know, like you said, Rain. And I, and, we, and I think we're forgetting also that Sam Williams pretty much single-handedly led Canberra to the finals year before when uh, Terry Campisi wasn't there. So. Yeah, but that little streak again, loved it, played with him, thinks he's a great yeah. player, but that was one little period there. Like, but in, how in much of timing, that was... In know, his timing grade, though, it's been very inconsistent. Like That's one of those rare little spurts where... Uh, he he was really good for you know a couple of weeks before they got done in, but yeah, um, just just the main things that they've addressed key areas. They've got competition now in the halves. They've got Williams and Whitlock. Drinkwater's still there. They brought Michael Witt back and Stanley's obviously back from his knee reconstruction. So there's options there. Yeah, uh, center was a, an issue. They they blooded Runciman last year. Joel Thompson, who they recruited, can play there as long as well as Farrell and Beal. So that's kind of been uh, shored up. And the Ford pack, I'm a big fan of, just because it's young. It's exciting, and I think they made a smart decision moving Cray into the front row. He looked really good there last year, chewing up metres. Well, and, and he's yeah. not quite as dynamic on the edge as he used to be. So The only issue I've got with that is the fact that he's not real big, and he struggles. My issue, the only issue I sort of had with the Dragons when I looked over their roster was um, their punch early in sets. And obviously, you look at someone like the Roosters, um, who have got these enormous front rowers that get their sets off to such good starts. That's the only sort of area I look at the Dragons and go... I, I don't know I whether Ben Cray is going to be your eight ball, you know, or your white ball to, to, to make the break. Um, uh, and not and so get much him a quick break, play the ball. But I think all around their whole... No, not make a break in, the, in sort of a pool analogy, you know, but to bust it up at the start, yeah. of, start of a game or start of a set. But I, think I just don't know whether he's that guy. I think they've got the core of, of their forward pack is based around mobility, like DeBellin, him, Frizzell, Merrin. That's the only Every thing single me, one of these guys, they're, they're not small. I know they're not massive. But when they play Roosters, yeah, but Melbourne, I think they've Manly. got something that a lot of other teams couldn't do to the Roosters last year. Everyone yeah. tried to go in the guts of them just got bashed. Like, look what Newcastle did in that semi. A mo- more mobile pack like this is going to be able to move them around a little bit more. But you're still going to be able to blunt the, them in the With middle. the two dummy halves as well, like I said, a bit of a dynamic combo. I think they could really do a job on a bigger side. But, yeah. Um, Depth is better. All those key positions are being improved, but will it gel? And my biggest issue of all, I suppose, is still Steve Price. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of plan or structure. They've had the most offloads in the last two seasons. Uh, they've been almost number one in metres, and we just haven't seen anything come of it. So I think the knives will come out for him if things don't go well very early on. I could very easily see him being a dark horse to make the eight, but I'm just not convinced that, even with all the improvements, why he's there, that... Uh, he's the man for the job, so I've got them finishing thirteenth. Okay, I've got them. Uh, I've got them finishing tenth, um, and I totally agree with what you're saying. I think even ten for me may be a little bit low, um, but it just remains to be seen. I put in the blog that I, I probably sort of I need to see it before I'm going to believe it, but I really do think if that spine gels, um, that we're going to see some. Uh, really exciting footy out of the Dragons. Um, they're a $26 chance to win the competition, 34 to win the minor premiership. They're $8 to finish in the top top four. And um, again, we're going we're to say the same thing. I think the Dragons are really good value to make the top eight, 275 um, with Sporting Bet. 
Um, if you think if you think they're going to struggle, a dollar forty two for them to miss the eight, and nine dollars for them for them to have the wooden spoon. I, I highly doubt they're going to finish um, with the spoon. And the total win market, the line is set at eight eight and a half. Um, you said you sort of thought that was bang on the money. You said they they'll have eight, maybe nine. I, th- I um, think I, I think th- they'll go well over that. I think they'll have at least ten or eleven. I wins. think over. But if things went wrong and it didn't kind of click together, you know, I could. Pro- I think eight is the minimum they win. Okay, so, so yeah. But I think um, over. I'd go over on yeah. it. A dollar eighty is over. A dollar ninety-seven is under. I think over's a lock for me. I'll go over, but yeah, I think yeah. eight would be the absolute minimum with what they've got there. Yeah. But uh, as to whether it all comes together and Steve Price, uh, who has said I finally got the team I want, I, I think that kind of puts even more pressure on him. He, he needs to get some results this yeah, season. Yeah, it's make or break now for the big fella. But yeah, 2013 ladder again, uh, 13th position. It was the Canberra Raiders. So looking at them in the upcoming season, and well, um, I'm just blown away as to this situation. They lose Ferguson and Dugan. I know in probably circumstances that they couldn't control it and it's, it's not their fault but it still hurts yep. and then Milford signed already in 12 months time uh, to move on to the Brisbane Broncos so I look at those three right there and say they're probably their best uh, you know three blokes that could win you a game single handedly and they're, they're all not going to be there mm. so yep. that, that's one issue the well I mean forwards, then you couple that with you look long term They've had elite players in Canberra, haven't they? Really? I well, mean, they've let them know, go. Him, those Cunny, three plus Carney is massive. Ferguson, um, those three plus Carney is guys that have you know protect, guys that have potential. And now Milford as well, all playing rep football. One's won a Dally M, you know, one comps like that, that's the kind of potential we're talking about. In these couple of players, yeah, and that's your premiership window, isn't it? You it's, put those four together, that's your premiership window, and they've let all of them go. Yeah, no. The other thing that kind of bothers me is their twenties is the gift that still keeps on giving. Yeah, definitely. But you know, with all those other guys leaving, it's not helping the development of the ones moving up into grade either. No, it's not. It's, so, it, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, you know, Milford's going to be probably the fullback, but that again, I think that hinders their spine purely because you know he's not going to be there in 12 months' time. Uh, the back line's obviously a lot lighter for having lost Dugan and, and Ferguson. They've got Croker and Whiten and Edric Lee as well as Robinson. I know that all sounds pretty good, but that's a fairly light back line. You know, there's not really anyone there that's going to bust up elite centres in the NRL or really be able to take people on. Um, the forward pack, that's probably my biggest issue. Year after year, it was. The massive forward pack, they make the metres, they beat everyone up, but it's kind of come to a standstill. Everyone's figured it out. They're very one-dimensional, besides Fensum, Vaughan and Papali, who I think I'd be cutting my losses and moving on uh, with those three and rebuilding around them. Lars, is he's going to be healthy this year, but he's barely played three years. Tilsi tries hard, but uh, he's nothing outstanding. There's a lot of same-sameness. Brett White's going to be going into this season. He just hung around as a veteran and... Shillington lost all his rep jerseys last year and just looked like a shadow of himself. And key positions, Cam Pease—he's not even close to the bloke he was. I know he can't control the injuries, but it's just a fact. Uh, they don't have a nine. Yeah. Like McIlrick's had knee issues. He, he looks a bit, uh, you know, gun shy after all that. Buttress hasn't really ever been great in first grade, and now they're experimenting with Josh McCrone. Oh, I still think Matty McIlrick's their best option. He's young. Um, I know he's had his knee issues. I think at some stage he's gonna—he'll get the gig there. Um, Josh McCrone, I just don't understand that. I really don't. He he can't really nail down. Your a biggest sport. question He's everywhere is: he, is he going to be able to make forty tackles a game? No. But you know already, no. already because he's playing there, you already know they're going to have to have another hooker on the bench. He's not going to be playing eighty. Yeah. So all round, well, who um, would you have as your hooker on the bench then? Well, I, I think he'd he'd end up using Buttress. I think mm. Ricky Stewart, but I'd probably have McCurry. But at the same time, you know, well, that's my biggest issue. Like, let's talk about the coach. I mean, Ricky Stewart. He, uh, he obviously leaves Par- Parramatta in a half 
citing personal reasons, which is fine, um, goes down to Canberra, and it was well documented that the Raiders and um, they wanted Andrew Duneman. And Andrew Duneman is not there at all anymore. No, he's um, opened a, a media and management company now. He's moved is, on from rugby league pretty much altogether. You know, what sort of effect is that going to have on the playing group? And it was dysfunctional as is because it was a player revolt that got Fern of the boot. Um, mm. There are some real serious issues down there. And um, Ricky Stewart, uh, you know, he, he bailed on Parramatta. Um, you don't know what was going on behind the scenes there, but um, from most information out there, you know, things went honky dory. Um, in a lot of regards there so um, the coaching situation is a real tedious one as well like it's uh, Ricky Stewart's going to have to change his approach I think a little to to get the best out of Canberra I don't think he can go in there and, and be the, the tough well, he's already, hard head he's, he's already flogged all of them took a lot of weight off them so, yeah. you know, McCrone's lost 8 kilos Fenson's lost 8 or not like he's got this theory that if he gets all these big monsters down trimmer they're going to move better but they're still they're not going to have that impact they're still different everyone in the NRL they've got 6 foot 6 6 foot 4 6 foot 5 like they've just got the same kind of player yeah and and depth is an issue you know like Mark Nichols has played some grade Matt Aura uh, you know O'Donnell's had a game or two Kennedy Tupo Jake Foster but none of them have dominated or spent probably more than 10 or 20 games in the NRL so you can't rely on any of them just yet no depth is their biggest concern Um, I think the only good thing about their depth and that's what I mentioned they're like a Tigers again they have such a good stockpile of 20s players yeah um, just ridiculous like Edric Lee's cousin Branko looks like he's going to be an awesome centre but he's only 18 years old he's already physically ready he's 100 kilo and 192 centimetres but in this environment in this team I don't think he'd be able to flourish. And same as Cornish. He's going to get the seven. He's an Australian schoolboy. He's got all the skill in the world, but is there going to be the platform there? And without the weapons in Dugan and Ferguson, how's it going to affect him? Well, I think clubs are only now really starting to understand the model needed in order to to bring these guys through because they're used to having the... Reserve grade as your feeder. Yeah. And you have your, you know, whatever it was, well, the under 19s. They, they put fleet. some of them up last year. But what I'm saying is they don't, they don't really. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that, But the issue is that a lot of these clubs don't have the depth in your South Wales Cup, so they have to call on these 20s kids. Mm. And you're breaking them before you're making them, a lot of these kids, because they're not ready. Um, and if they're at another club who was, was deep enough and up higher on the ladder, who didn't really rely on the, the 20s players enough, uh, sorry, as much. You know, you're not going to put that strain on them. You're not going to break them as, as quickly. Yeah. Um, I think that's why you sort of see, you know, a breakout player um, coming from the 20s, often from teams in the top eight, mm. because you know they've had a couple of years just to keep him there and then develop him. Well, even if they're just purely outstanding, like a Dylan Walker or well, someone yeah, coming you're have to have a good team, one or two. you're still you're moving into a different environment. As that's well, exactly that, right. That's yeah. where you compare to Parramatta. But I'm looking at this right now, and I'm thinking Cornish is going to get damaged here. Uh, Jack Ahern is another Aussie schoolboy, like. Uh, Hawkins, uh, Hearn, Mago, the two Penguai brothers, Jeff Lynch. Like they've got so many good kids there. But I'm just looking at all of them thinking, if you came up right now, would it would it be the making of you? Would it be the breaking of you? Is it the right idea? Well, the only one I think is ready is uh, Branko. I, cause, just because well, he's physically I, ready. I think Branko is ready. And I think, and I said this to you, I put it in our blog, the two biggest things I'd be doing, I'd be pretty much can him, can peasy. I'd yep. be pretty much getting him out of the way. Jack Ahern is a technically a fullback, but he's played more six uh, and pretty much plays like a six in their back line. That, that fullback is almost that kind of guy now. I'd almost be inclined, because of the link between him and Cornish, to base my six and seven off those two moving forward yep. uh, and probably have Lee in there with those other couple of guys and, 
And if if Mago and Pengai, these kind of guys are probably physically ready, and Shannon Boyd, I'd probably be trying to get them up there with Vaughn, uh, Papali, Fensum, and use the cash. But this is the other thing about me saying use the cash that they've got from Dugan, Ferguson, Milford, and probably Lars, who was on about four hundred, who's about to finally end his deal. How can they buy? Like nobody, well, they nobody ever wants to go down there. That's their other big issue. Like the time when they got Blake Ferguson, I was blown away because mm. that was the first time in a long lot when Penrith bought Petra. It's the first time in ages that you, they recruited Could someone that you kind of just went like, man, somebody actually wanted to go there. Mm. They lost Michael Cheekham, one of their young juniors that way. Uh, Jonathan Rubens moved on to the Roosters. Other uh, people like, but uh, I think before we even and gibber about that, I think that all comes down to the club that they're going to. I, I think just. Canberra's sort of been dysfunctional probably for the last 10 years. Um, players don't want to go there. Yeah, but it's you know, also... You look, at, you look at how close Penrith got to getting Jonathan Thurston, which is, you know, a lot of people say, you know, within, within an absolute whisker of TV team, and this and that, they um, offered everything. Yeah, but I mean, four years ago, there's no way Jonathan Thurston would have even considered it. No. Because they've, they've peeled it back and started to develop it. I look at, you know, the, I look at the Canberra, I look at Parramatta, I look at the Tigers... Um, even the Dragons to an extent, just thinking you got to peel yourselves back and yeah. just start from scratch again and build a culture up. But I'm saying to attract it, people e- even just general squad players that were good mid-range players, Canberra struggle to get them full stop. Mm. They don't get those kind of players. No, they don't. But even, I'm saying even that on, they don't help themselves either. Yeah, I know. But even on the flip side of it, you got to take into account the same stuff they always ramble on about. It's about me, my family, my lifestyle. Canberra is not a place that a lot of people are interested to go to. But then again, if, if someone said to me, you can either not play NRL or play yeah. in Canberra, I'm bloody moving to like Canberra. I said, if like you're me. the young bloke like Cheekham and your options are Manly... Uh, you Once know, you've got options. Manly, yes. Sydney, these kind of things. And same as other players in the market. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to be buying guys that have one option. If well, you want to pay overs If you want to go mid-range or you want to go for those kind of guys, they're going to have competition. But are they going to want to go to Canberra? If I was Canberra, I'd honestly really go after one of the top 10 players in the game and just pay him almost 150% of what he's worth and then sort of that's the only way you're sort of going to attract players down there I'd be a bit more off doing what I said before but I'd be going I'd be looking for longevity and stability if I was going to be rebuilding around those kids but they need key positions at nine and the nine's the big one for me they need a hooker more yeah, than they anybody do. they've never had, they haven't had a hooker in the whole time that's I why I can't that. fathom the Josh McCrone thing I think Maynard McCurick, junior Kiwi, um, he's come through the system. I know he's obviously had his issues, but once he's fit, put him in there. If, and, and you're soon going to work out whether he's the answer or not because we've, we've worked out that McCrone and Buttress are just backfill, really. Then They're not going to be dominant hookers in the NRL. Yep. So uh, at least give your kid a crack, and um, if he's not good enough, then go on the market. And as you said, that, that's a real key position for them. They, they've got to get that sorted. Well, I think it's pretty straightforward. Get the kids in. Try and use this cash. They've got to rebuild. They've got to get rid of some dead wood. Um, I've got them getting the spoon. Same. Yeah. And yeah, that's. Same, it, it's, I, if they prove me wrong, I'd be very happy for them. Just you know, well, I think it's either going to be them or the Tigers. Like yeah, we, obviously they're, they're the two squads who I looked at and thought, I Jesus, hate... you got no depth. Yeah, you, you got questions on your halves. Um, and the reason why I ranked the Tigers ahead of them is because they've got a key player in a key position they've both, in they've, Robbie Farrell. They've Robbie both Farrell got, was the reason why I left the Tigers ahead of the Raiders. They've both got the same situation, though. They need to build off all these great kids they've got and put players around it. Yeah. So, right. yeah, last Give you some gambling odds. Um, they're $51 chances to win the competition and 81 to finish as a minor premier. It's $11 to finish in the top four. Um, and, again, if, I don't think... Me and you don't think they're any chance of making the eight. No. Um, if you like the Raiders, they're presenting decent value. 
um, at the three dollars fifty to make the top eight. If you think they're going to struggle like we do, they're going to be a, they're a dollar twenty eight just to miss the eight, and they're four fifty to have the most losses. So that's sort of the market that we're looking at. Mm. Um, and then their over under is eight and a half. Over eight and a half, dollar ninety seven. Yeah, well, under yeah. eight and a half, under eight and a half is a dollar eighty. We both got them as a lock. For if under. they if they won ten games, I'd be super surprised. Yeah. I'd, I'd be thinking more around. You know, if they won eight, I'd be probably think that's a good year for the situation they've got. Well, yeah, that's a third of their games. Yeah, I'd, probably, I'd probably, I'd probably be thinking seven, six or seven games. Yeah, I would think six. I think if they're going to do well to win a quarter of their games. Hmm. Well, twelfth from two thousand and thirteen was the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, a little bit of recruitment. Obviously, a massive signing in Ben Barber. Martin Kennedy moved on from the Roosters, so that kind of boosts their front row rotation. And they also picked up Daniel Vito, uh, Stuart Mills for a bit of depth, as well as Todd Lowry. Um, this situation, I think, is the same as last year again. We'll worry- imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details about the halves and they ended up pushing almost every extra halves option they had out the door yeah. in Prince and Was and now they're just left with Hunt well that's right um, where's Ben Barber going to play well he's going Josh be, Hoffman yeah well this, where this that issue is still not resolved you um, know the thing that bothers me though going through their team they have a gun side though mm. but the same issue we find in the NRL if you don't have halves you usually well the, the other issue you know and the biggest thing is and you look at their spine there's uncertainty about who's going to play fullback. There's uncertainty about who's going to be in the halves. And last year, Andrew McCulloch got moved around all over the shop. Well, he didn't get to play 80. He was like a real he... standout in the nines, I thought. And I thought that... Well, he should know, be playing 80. He, was, he should be. He, he, lost, he was number two to Smith, but fell behind last year because of the way Griffin coached him. And it was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. Now a friend has taken that mantle. But my um, other two questions are probably, is Hodges ready to go? Well, no, he's not. Uh, is Yaya ready? I, like, I, don't, I don't expect anything out of Yaya. If he was to come back and play first grade, that would be amazing after all be, the injuries yeah. he's had. But people that are going, oh, we've got Yaya, I've got no idea how you could put any expectation on him. No. He, he's had absolute crook injuries. Uh, Martin Kennedy comes in. He's not a real... I, I'm still... He wouldn't be starting for me. I'd still have Maguire as my man in that situation. I'm just looking at who they've brought in. I mean, Todd Lowry, not a bad buy, but he's, he's on the back end of his career. Vito, hot and cold. Um, Stuart yeah. Mills, obviously. Hot Stuart Mills well. has had a lot of injuries as well. Marlon Barber, he didn't play a game for the Gold Coast. Yeah, that was, I think that was more that of the, a family that was a Stuart brother kind of dig. You have to keep both of us. You can't have one. Yeah. So I think that was kind of pushed on. But uh, Cody Nicarima looks the likely to start at six. The other ones were Kahu, who's going to be out for about six to eight weeks with a knee problem. He looked good, Nicarima, but in the nines. Yeah, he? but it's a lot to put on a 19-year-old yeah. who's only played one year of 20s. I, I think he's... Probably a little light once the big boys get him in the third and a side game. Yeah, but you know that that's easily their best option starting off. I think Hunt finished the world pretty good. Uh, Hunt finished the year pretty good. Yeah, he did last last year. year yeah. But uh, as far as the whole season, it's concerned. You Without know, much help either. I mean, Wallace and Prince were Wallace was struggling. He was, he was just in need of a change. Prince was past his best, and um, I, I thought he was he was their standout player probably in the in the back. Last, you know, six or eight games, Ben Hunt. I think Corey Oates was good last year. Copley coming back. I like Copley. I think he's good. 
Yeah. Um, and the other ones are Jordan Drury played one game. He's only 18 years old. I think he's a good prospect for their young outside backs. And Francis Muller, I think he's be, he'd be one I'd be getting into that front row rotation. He's a monster, 115 kilo, uh, you know, bloke who played in the 20s origin last year. But it's more the origin thing and the halves that hurt for me. I think origin hurts him as it always does. Yeah. I think the halves aren't really that great. And you know what? This, I'd probably just have to put it out there. Barber may have been a big signing, but I'm, I don't trust Barber. No. I don't trust Barber. Every, I think I know we're all... But it's funny how this time last we're living, year... We... We're living off Ben Barber the same way we lived off Haynes one year, though. Last year... Oh, no, was... I'm, I'm just saying. It's funny how... 2012. Things, sort of, things can change in the space of 24 hours. Um, and... It, it, I, didn't, I didn't see it at all last year. I didn't see any of it of twenty. No, that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this time last year, like we were sort of care. thinking, well, man, the Bulldogs are going to carve up because of, on the back of that great yeah. season, and it all fell apart. And, and has, well, I saw has, glimpses of it last year, but you're, uh, it's it's a um, good analogy that you've used. It is very similar to the Jared Hayne situation. Well, it's but, one year, but everyone's going to live off it until he does it again. It's yeah. going to be, well, where is it? But even watching the nines, I know it's early I think on, he's going to be more settled up there. He had niggles already in the nines. He didn't look as quick, yeah. and he still he still doesn't look anything close to the bloke that wanted to prove everybody wrong and ran amok that year. And, and God knows what's going off the field. I know he's up there now, and he's probably around his missus and family and whatnot, but whether his head's right either, you know. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Brisbane is they're going to—they're in a similar boat to Melbourne um, in the fact that they've got to start the year well because they're going to have that middle section of the year where, um, you know, they're going to get pressure on, they're going to lose, you know, Hodges and this... Friday and Parker and, you know, these key guys, yeah. probably Barbara Gillette, as well. Hannah probably come back in the, yeah. you know, he, he got pushed out last year for more mobile. I don't know if he gets back in, but... Yeah. If, if the circumstances show, you know, he might end up back in. Kennedy was 18th man for a game. So well, you, you don't know. Hodges, Hodges is, if he's healthy, after the Achilles, like there's, there's so many there. Well, they're gonna, they need more out of those guys. I know Justin Hodges got busted last year. He was playing great footy. Um, Sam Thorday didn't have a great year last year. No. Um, Griffin's taken the captaincy off him. That's going to go one or two ways. It's either going to really affect him and, and, and tick him off and he's not going to play real well or it's going to, you know, free him up a little bit. And you probably saw he played his best footy when he wasn't the captain, so that's the thinking behind Griffin's decision. Mm. Um, Corey Parker, who is a consummate professional, um, brilliant player, yeah, um, works his backside off. Uh, you know, they get, if they suffer an injury to him, and, and touch wood, he's, he hasn't really suffered a major injury um, in, in recent times. So um, the law of averages says that, you know, he's going to get inj- injured eventually, and uh, the Broncos really can't afford that to happen this year. So, no. um, but I mean, for me, I look at the spine, and there's a lot of uncertainty there. There's there's rumours we're hearing that Josh Hoffman's going to move to the Bulldogs after round one. You know, they've, they've come out today and released a statement saying he's not leaving at all. So, yeah, well, where where that situation goes, um, it may be the fact that he plays fullback and Ben Barber plays six. I don't I don't really know whether Ben well, Barber can play six. Full strength, everything going well. I think they're a threat, but I just can't are, trust. Yeah. I can't trust the halves yet. I can't trust Barber to be back at his best yet. Uh, is Hodges going to stay healthy? Is Hoffman's head in the right space? Um, it's, it's more just those. Things. I think there's still a lot of questions for me to want. I, like I want to put them in there for all the players that they've got: Maguire, McCulloch, Hennett, Thide, Gillette, Parker, Glenn. Like, there's a ridiculous amount of rep plays in there. Well, the one for me, I just can't. With their forward pack last year, they ranked tenth in meters. Yeah, well, and they should be a lot more. They than should that. be a lot higher than that. And they've yeah. got a, a pack that produces second phase play too. Gillette and Parker. Yeah. And Glenn, like even Glenn, I thought Glenn had a quiet year. And they were first in errors. Like that yeah, tells well, you why they struggled. So. 
uh, you know, metres gained and, and the amount of errors you make are obviously that they tie into each other. So uh, maybe maybe uh, Anthony Griffin didn't change up his structures t- to fit around the fact that he, you know, he'd obviously lost Lockyer. Um, well, the other big issue, I tell you what, last year is trying you, to implement the same thing. Any time they needed points or a game was in the balance. It was just reef a massive cutout pass to yeah. Justin Hodges or him taking a scoot to try and do something. Yeah. And, you know, he's get, not getting any younger and he's had an injury and the halves. So, you know, on prediction, I've got him at 10th. That's purely off the ridiculous forward pack and the bench yeah. and a lot of forwards. But I'm not trusting the halves just yet. I'm not sold on Barber just yet. I need to see it for another season. Uh, Hodges is health. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reed's coming off a of surgery. Is Hoffman's head in the right space? Like their back line, I, I, they, they struggled to get points last year from those guys in the halves. So uh, I've got them at tenth. Okay, I've got them at eleventh. Um, so a similar sort of spot to you, um, just based on the fact that they don't have um, a settled spine. Uh, I don't know how Justin Hodges is going to come back. Um, there's a lot of questions around. Um, the coach, you know, if they if they don't start the season, well, he could be out the door. Um, well, he's another one. Kevin Walters. They is... reckon the magic numbers is ten for him. They reckon they've sat down and said after ten games, I'll be sitting down and having a review with him. So, okay. um, well, you know, we'll go into some odds now. To be the premiers, they're fifteen dollars, which I think is pretty short. Um, for minor premiers, they're seventeen. Uh, to land in the top four, four dollars fifteen. Uh, to land in the eight, a dollar ninety-five. To miss the eight, dollar uh, eighty. There's probably some decent value there. Um, to win the spoon, which is highly unlikely, nineteen dollars. Yeah, they're not winning the spoon. Um, so, what do you see as value there? Probably to miss the eight dollar eighty. Miss um, the eight or make the eight, depending on what way you think about it. Uh, that, that's where I'd probably see the value. Yeah, dollar eighty, dollar. And then when we look at the over under market, it's eleven and a half games or eleven and a half wins. Over is a dollar ninety seven. Under is a dollar eighty. So, in terms of betting value, you're probably better. You're better backing them to miss the eight because they can miss the eight with twelve wins. Yeah. Whereas if you back them with the eleven and a half. Um, under What's and you expect them to miss the eight. Eleven it's wins is twenty-two. Same odds. Eleven wins is twenty-two points plus two buys means they finish on twenty-six. I could see them going under. Yeah, but I don't think they win less than ten. I reckon they'd win ten or eleven games. I think they're right on the money again. So have you got them over or under? I'm going to take them under. I think they win ten or eleven. I'm going to go just fall short of that. Yeah, one. I'm going to take them under as well. Well, eleventh from 2013 was the New Zealand Warriors, uh, a team that started off absolutely shocking under Matt Elliott come good for a while there, went on a massive streak, almost beat South Sydney and gave you the thought they were going to go into the finals, but in typical Warriors fashion, they just kind of let you down. They did. They they uh, they had a, I think it was sort of a 10-week period there where they looked unbeatable. Mm. Um, they were playing real, uh, real, real tough footy. Um, they beat the Roosters over here in Sydney. Um, they they looked as though they could uh, at one point even lean in the top four. Yeah, they beat um, Melbourne, the Roosters, and, and like all, they built like top eight sides all yeah. consistent weeks, week after week. They really got on a streak. But um, yeah, yeah well, well, and the most impressive aspect of it was the fact in the fact that they were beating quality quality no, sides. Quality it sides wasn't a uh, it wasn't a streak against crap teams. No, um, they, were, they were beating you know the cream of the crop at that point in the season, but. Uh, looking at their losses, I think the only real big one as well, and this is why I'm probably bigger on this year, Elijah Taylor is a big loss, but Godinay, Lowry, you know, a couple of others, Billy Tupo, Steve Rapira, like, you know, Sam's brother, they, they didn't really lose anybody. They've, no. lost, they've lost Taylor, but the replacements, they only bought three players, but they were all quality players. Chad Townsend helps out with the fact that Lulawai's got a groin problem, so I think you've immediately got a great halves partner. Bakuya is very stable, and they've already got back rollers, so I think the Taylor spots plugged up nicely. 
and then they bought Sam Tompkins. So yeah. they've got the you know English fullback and the Kiwi fullback in Kevin Locke and him. And again, same situation. It worked out so perfectly, like the Lulawai Townsend situation. Um, apparently Locke's going to be out for a while with an injury, yep. so you don't have any problems with uh, clash there. And at some point, they're going to have depth in both those key positions. Yeah. Um, so how would you structure your side? So I'd have obviously Tompkins is going to play one, if, Johnson if seven. If everybody was healthy, Matt Elliott said that Tompkins and Locke would somehow both fit in the side. But if all of them are on deck, I would probably look at using Lulawai off the bench yep. in a hooker rotation with Friend because yep. he he's been really good at nine for New Zealand. I, I thought he was solid at six, but I like him at nine. And he's good defensively. I'd still have Tompkins at the back. I would have Townsend and Johnson, but yeah. I'd probably have to find figure out where he wants to put Locke. Like, you're looking at it, would he put him on a wing? I don't think you could. I think they've got such a big back line they build around that. I'd play him in the centres. But, you know, that, that's one of those things they're going to have to figure out. But could yeah. he defend in the centres? That's the other issue. Well, you got Dale, I'd put him on the same side as Dane Nielsen. Yeah. But that's, I wouldn't have Dane Nielsen in my side if that happened, though. I'd have yeah. Hurrell, Varuvai, Lamarpe, and Locke. Nielsen wouldn't be in that mix. Yeah, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd, I'd probably have... I'd have Nielsen over Varuvai just for the fact that... Yeah, well, Varuvai is going to be injured for half the year anyway, so I don't think you'd have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, He's he, in and out for half the season because he's such a that's big true. human, he breaks down. Well, the one the, the one boy, I know obviously everyone's going to rave about Sam Tom, Tompkins, but the, the one boy I really liked... Chad Townsend. And, yeah, the, the two halves that were on the market last year... Um, with Sam Williams and Chad Townsend. If you're looking for a young half. I really, um, you know, I was looking in terms of the Panthers and the Titans, obviously the the interest that I've got personally, I thought, man, it'd it'd be really good if um, either of those clubs could land one or even both of those halves, but it didn't happen. And um, I think it's it's a good move by Matty Elliott. Um, He obviously, he wasn't going to get much time at the Sharks, obviously, because of the quality halves he's got in front of him there, which is um, understandable, but... Um, it's a really good move for him because, I mean, you look at the players that Townsend is going to be surrounded by. He's got a monster forward pack. Um, he's got a really solid spine um, and decent outside backs with a whole core group of these youngsters coming through. And there's real nice place to land for Chad Townsend to build his uh, career. Oh, and how about Matt Elliott? You want to pull up in a better place for your second year? Yeah. And uh, there's three other players but I forgot to mention. This is a pressure year for Elliott. If they don't make the eight, he's gone. Well, I have to. But there's three more players I forgot to mention, which just makes their depth even better because they're all quality first graders. Both the Lousy brothers, those massive units, you saw one of them last play last week, which was Sione, and Ben Henry's back. Ben Henry was, you know, the, good young player, the, ben Henry. the king when he was in before he did Real good so young player. Not any of those three How many guys. games did he play last year? He got injured fairly he early. He was done he? in the yeah. trials, I think, with an ACL, so he missed the whole year. But when that, you look at their that's roster, like getting three more players back along with all this other depth. Yes. I and, agree. Um, oh, I, just, I just can't. There's no way. I don't care what happens this year. They've got absolutely zero excuse. They've got a beast pack. We saw Sui Matungi appear last year, put uh, Rapira back in there when he was healthy. was good. Madalino, Lilliman, it's a beast front row rotation. Uh, Iki Aifo took advantage of his opportunities. You know, Pukuyu is going to be good. You know what you're going to get out of Mentoring. Well, they've strengthened their squad. Mateo, uh, like I said, those three forwards that are all coming back from injury. And yeah. then the other thing, 20s, they just dominate. And they've got players that are physically ready to go. Yeah. Albert Vette is one I'm saying right now. Is it three, now. three grand finals in a row or four grand I finals in a row? I think it's three or four in five years or yeah. something ridiculous like that. And but they've won two. You've got to keep your eyes on Albert Vetti. He's an absolute monster. Can offload, very mobile. Uh, Raymond Fitella Mariner, they've got another player there that's a back row that can offload. Uh, David Barner was their captain. I, he, he was the captain more, I think, on personality. I can't really say him, see him playing great. He's, he's a bit uh, light on, but... Uh, Adam Tuomavave Gerard is a huge centre. You saw Solomon Ikata. He's built like Conrad Hurrell in the nines last week. 
they're just a never-ending production line in that. And they if they got desperate in the halves, I think everybody got a little glimpse of Tui Malo, uh, Tui Malo Lola here. To me, he's the future halves partner of Sean Johnson. Those two are going to lead them forward yeah. long-term. So, um, And if you if you look at their season last year, they finished 11th. They finished with a record of 11 and 13. But they started the year 2 and 6. Yeah. That's where the season was won and lost for them. And you know, um, you know my big thing... They finished 4-4 four and four and they were 5-3 and three during the middle of the year. And the yeah. thing for the, the Warriors is they're not going to lose players to origin. Well, that's what I was going to say. Consist- that's where they make their run. Consistency is one thing, but they've got a better score all around. Yeah. They've got depth in key positions and origin won't touch them. The only well, player who can go to origin, and I, I'm sorry to say, Nielsen, he's not going back there while he's over We there. wouldn't think so. But in it, fact, it, the, the, it's Lilliman. Queensland are going to need a lot of injuries. Lilliman's the only one, and I can't see him going back into the Queensland. Well, if I'm uh, Matty Elliott, I'm pencilling on the whiteboard and, and making a goal for the players. Just go four and four. Just get to four and four to start the year, at least. Mm. You know, you go five and three, that'd be even better. And then you're going to make your run through origin. And yep. at the back end of the year, um, you're going to put yourself in a good position to, you know, play without pressure. And to be brutally honest, the Warriors are a team that do struggle when the pressure's on. When they need to win, they struggle with that pressure. When the pressure's off and everyone's written them off, you know, they you see what sort of footy they can play. They, yeah. they relax and they, they, come they play that free flowing, free flowing football. So I think the biggest thing for them is take the pressure off early in the year, win some games, get yourself, um, you know, entrenched in the eight, and then make a run through the middle of the year. Yeah, what do you got them finishing? I have the Warriors finishing seventh. Well, I've got them finishing sixth, and I I could say I think they could make the top four, but consistency is one thing you just can't trust them on. But this squad is just way too loaded. If they can't get the job done. This year, as in being in the top four, being uh, you know at least in the eight, well then there's a problem. Definitely, Matt Elliott should lose his job. Definitely, well he will, no no doubt about that. Um, and some odds, thanks to Sporting Bet, for the Warriors to win the competition, they're thirteen dollars. Minor premiers are fifteen dollars. To finish in the top four, three dollars fifty, which isn't bad value. You know we've um, just mentioned that if they can start the season well and and produce some um, early wins, they're, they're going to set themselves up for. a um, a decent crack at that. The top eight, they're a dollar seventy. Um, and if you don't like the Warriors, if you you know miss the top eight, they're two dollars oh eight to win the wooden spoon, which we, you would think would be highly unlikely. But they're also they have thirty four dollars. Now the over and under um, win market is twelve and a half for the Warriors, which is um, obviously twelve will probably see you on the edge of the eight. Thirteen will get you into the eight. Um, 12, in terms I of think wins. twelve with the buyers, depending on how that log jam goes in the middle, I think would get you in. Okay, so overs, uh, over 12.5 wins there. I'd, I'd have to go over. And under is 2.05. I'd have, have to, to agree over. with you. Yeah, $1.75. They've got no excuse. That's not bad odds. They've got key players. Like I said, Johnson, Tompkins, all those guys, none of them are affected by origin. Yeah. The only one, if Mateo, Mateo is still going to be trying to play for New South Wales, but I doubt that's going to happen again. And uh, Lilliman, I just can't see it happening. But 10th uh, in 2013 on the ladder was the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the five-year plan, as it was called, is definitely in effect. You saw a bit of the results last year, and uh, the recruitment continued, and the under-21 things are starting to shape up and look quite good for the Penrith Panthers. They are. Um, obviously, I've got a little bit of a, a personal interest there. Um, it's been a, a long time coming. I, I tipped them to make the eight last year. Uh, there's probably a few games that they, they let slip. That well, the West Tigers they're are going to spot in the eight. Yeah, I think they are up 20, 22 eight or and something. And that was when that they day. were down on troops, so that was a big um, loss. It was, uh, but outside of that, I think they've recruited well. Um, the under twenties obviously won the competition. The eighteens and sixteens um, both made the top four. So I mean, from top to bottom at the club, uh, they're strong. 
Um, you know, the coaching staff uh, is, is pretty solid there. Um, Ivan Cleary is, is starting to get the, the shape and the roster that he wants. Um, the, the, the 20s guys coming through all look like they're sort of some of them are going to be ready this year. There's going to be a real big group of them ready next year. Um, so I think there's good times ahead for the Panthers. Um, I, don't, I don't think they can win the competition. Um, you know, that, that's probably a step too far. But for me, um, making the top eight is, is really realistic um, this year. I think I think they can really push for the top four this year, the Panthers. Well, I think they're a bit like the War. I know there's not obviously the pressure on Cleary's job, but if they don't make the top eight, I'd be very disappointed. That I'd be, you know, doing some massive... The only thing that I think you could make them miss the top eight is injuries. Yes. Nothing else. Yeah. But you've got to look at it. Like with Mansour, Simmons, like all these kind of guys last year, they got Moylan in. Uh, Fares now a world class centre, and they get Idris as well. Yeah. Their back line's loaded. The forward pack they got Kite there now as a veteran to join in with Grant and McKendry, which is a great rotation uh, with Robertson, Brown, Manu, Peachy, Plum, Docker, and uh, Kingston and Seguiara. Same deal again. And then chucking all those twenties kids, I reckon Regan Campbell Gillard's probably the one I'd like to see fairly early on. Well, I think Bryce Cartwright's going to be one you're Well, he's say. out to round three. He's got a wrist injury. Uh, James Roberts is out to round seven. He broke his ankle again. And uh, Manu's the other one. He's out to round four. He had shoulder surgery. But the biggest thing is they've got depth. <laughs> yeah, they do have depth. That's what I'm about to like say. Robinson, yeah. Plum, Docker, um, you know, and this 20s mob. Uh, Dallin Zelezniak, I don't know if we'll see him just yet, but Kieran Moss, Kieran Mosley, they've got another hooker. Uh, George Jennings, he's going to be out for a bit with an elbow, but he's a great player. Regan Campbell-Gillard, I mentioned, and Isaiah Yo. There is just so many there built up and ready to play. And their New South Wales Cup side made the grand final. So blokes like Anthony Charrington and a few others that didn't necessarily get to play first grade, there's blokes in there if they got really desperate they could use as well. They are stacked. Absolutely so, stacked. Only um, issue, though, and I know we've got opposite feelings on this, uh, Wallace and Soward, yeah, they're former New South Wales halves, but I'm not convinced that they're going to be... They're going to play the biggest part if they were going to be a side that was going to win the comp. Yeah. But I think they could manage top eight without those two contributing a whole lot. And I, I still don't really trust the other. I like Wallace. I think Wallace is solid. I don't think he's outstanding. I think they're going to complement each other. But, but I, Jamie know. Soward just... It's li- it's the little things that bother me. It's not all the other stuff that everyone else whinges about, like, oh, he's a grub, or he seems like a bit, of, a bit of a tool and all these kind of things. He hates defending. He never puts his body into contact. Every time he runs, he's one of the probably one of, one of the quickest blokes in the NRL. He just goes to ground. Mm. He annoys me. He just the only thing he does is kick the ball and th- or throws a cutout pass. The moment there is even a thought of anyone getting him to the ground, he just submits. Mm. And uh, I think Isaac John for me had done enough to probably keep the six to start off with. And I would have told Jamie Soward, "We've got you here." You know, they called him a marquee signing. I don't really agree with that, but we've got you here. We, we want you to, you know, you have to dethrone him. We want you to push in here. We want you to prove to everybody like well, he I has. think they've, they've done that in the off-season. With his chip on the just haven't it. been able to see it. So, you know, obviously Ivan Cleary would have a, a level of loyalty towards John um, as really the only half remaining when Austin and uh, obviously Luke Walsh moved on. But um, I think they've done a lot of work in the off-season. Um, and, you know, regardless of what you think of Soward and, and Wallace and, you know, obviously... They didn't have the end of this to last year or the, or the year um, in total that both wanted to last season. But um, I think they're going to complement each other well. I think Wallace um, is a pretty good organiser. Defensively, he's, he's pretty good. Soward's obviously got a really good kicking game. Um, and I know a big focus of the Panthers is how they finish their sets. Um, and they're really keen on or really excited about what Jamie Soward's going to bring in terms of 
um, getting them field position. Uh, and if you look at their roster, it's it's tailored to getting yourself in good positions. Um, you get yourself in good positions. They've got good attacking players on the edges. Um, they've got big, robust forwards uh, who can offload. Um, and you've got the likes of Seguiaro, um, who's going to come on and, and punch holes in you. So I like the mix of the side they've got. Um, and, you know, I don't expect them to set the world on fire to start with, um, but I expect Penrith to get better and, and continue to, to, to get better throughout the season. Um, and I, I expect them to be in the eight. And a, ma- a major reason of that is because they're not going to have a lot of guys in origin. Yeah, well, it's probably um, McKendry, to McKendry, Idris, uh, Seguiaro is now available for Queensland. Cross, I'd throw him on my bench if he kept the form up he had last year, but uh, whether that happened remains to be seen. Um, you know, I, I, there's no excuse to not make the eight. Like I said, they have to make the eight. Yeah. If they didn't make the eight, it'd be a flop of the year. I think they should probably push for the edge of the top four, but I'm not going to go that far. I've got them finishing seventh. Okay. Yeah, I've got them finishing sixth um, in 2014. I'll give you some gambling odds now. Thanks to Sporting Bet. For the Panthers to win the competition, they're $21. Minor Premier's 26 If you think they're going to land in the top four, which is probably um, a little sneaky one, I'll have their $4.50, which I think is really good odds. For them to make the top eight, they're $1.95. To miss the top eight, they're $1.80. To win the wooden spoon, which is very unlikely, $21. Um, and the over-under over total wins is 10.5, which I think is yeah, ridiculous. Well, I think that's an I'd absolute go, lock they're going to go over. I'd go over on that. Um, they're $1.80 to go over. They're $1.97 to go under. Um, the Panthers, I'm not sure. I don't have it in front of me how many wins they had last season. I think 11, wasn't um, it? I'm just going to get it up now. But, um, yeah, they, they finished 11-13 and 13 last season. There's no way they're going to get worse. Well, they're better side. Like I said, injury, injuries roster. or things going wrong is the only way something's going to happen. Definitely. Uh, our last team we're going to look at for the first half of the preview, ninth position in 2013, it was the Gold Coast Titans. Mm. So... Gold Coast, uh, there wasn't a lot of changes really. Like obviously, Idris is a massive loss for him. He he only really found a bit of form last year, but uh, fair enough, as he said himself, everyone was bagging him out. But he had a lot of injuries the first year, and then he broke his leg last year when he caught fire. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, one thing um, as a Titans fan that I was disappointed um, to lose him, but I was wrapped in the fact obviously he's gone to Penrith. Um, where I'm obviously working and, and uh, have some input. Um, but he was playing tremendous football until he got injured um, against Newcastle. And I think, to be honest, if he stayed on the stayed on the field and stayed healthy, the Gold Coast would have probably made the eight because um, they finished the year pretty well and, and they, they had a ninth. stack of injuries. Um, and they almost and beat, he was the key one. They were ninth and they almost beat Melbourne to sneak in. So yeah. uh, the only thing for me is gains, like gains, Blair and Ty. Centre's still an issue. They had Takarengi there last year. Those two I don't really see fixing their problem in centres. I'd probably be more inclined to start getting Mead into one of those spots or Mead at fullback or Gordon into the centres, to be honest. They seem to be probably their two most threatening backline players. But, yeah, but I just don't think Gordon's Fi-Fi lower for me gets a wing without a shadow of a doubt. I'd have to have him on my side. I can't believe the Cowboys let him go. I'm big on him. Uh, Christian Hazard, he'll play 20s. but he's well, Why did they let him go? Well, he had problems with Neil Henry, which is why I laugh, because Neil Henry popped up with the Gold Coast now. He's not the head coach, and from everything I've read so far, John Cartwright loves him, so he's probably going to get to play some first grade. He's been kicking their goals as well, so it looks like he might be uh, getting a bit of a go at that if Aiden Caesar's got his hamstring problem. But I like a lot about the Gold Coast, besides the back line. Their halves are outstanding. Uh, I've got a question mark over Kelly, just because he's got 
uh, a vein problem that they've still got issues with. I see him in the nines. He got a couple of breaks, but he didn't look to be moving as freely because he's having to get injections. They're still not sure whether he gets surgery, but if him and Caesar were to be broken up this early on, I think that's a big blow for him. Well, it is. That's the key for and, the Gold Coast. Uh, Hooker as well. Shrama's injured. Falloon's injured. So young Carter. Steve Carter, son Paul Carter, fantastic player. Love him. He's usually a 13. Got a great offload. Very aggressive human being. Yeah. Uh, very versatile. He could, he'll play nine. I think he'll do okay. But he's still not going to get them into the finals, I don't think, playing nine. Well, he... So uh, key positions. From all Zilpin. reports, he's doing a really good job um, in the trials. Carter. Yeah, he's been great. He scored um, in the nines. He scored in the trials. He's... The, the biggest thing for me is that they've got stability in the spine. They've got, they've got a pretty stable forward pack. My question over the forward pack is, and it's, it's probably been something that's... And just speed. Ability to offload. The ability to break tackles. So um, Miles... They're going to get you in decent positions. Miles is a defender, not a great ball. And they give up a lot of yardage yeah. in, in defence. Like they, they'll tackle you, um, but they're not making you hurt, and, and you're still making a lot of metres on them. So it's, it is a metres game. Titans don't have game. Yeah, there's, well, not, there's not much depth going on up at the Titans. Um, as far as forwards are concerned, like Matt White comes back from an injury, but I, I wouldn't be relying on him to do too much. Mark yeah. Minicello, for me, he's a bit past it. Uh, Ione's a pretty good player. Whether he, he gets some time or not, it's a different story. Uh, ben Ridge, he's kind of in hot and cold. The Bull, you know, he's there for another year, but he's old now. Miles and Especially Harrison. Especially with the Achilles injury he had, that's yeah. him up a little. Well, Miles and Harrison are just tacklers. They're not offering a lot in attack. Bird's their strike forward and attack along with... Uh, well, I think, uh, to be fair, I think you need one of those guys. And for uh, me, Ashley Harrison's your rock. You know, but you can't, right. have, you can't have him coupled with Luke Bailey, like you said. He, um, that's where you're sort of going to fall down. You need to have um, a point of difference. Uh, and for me, they're starting to get that because well, they've, got, James, they've got Nate Miles, they've got Harrison, they've got Bird, you've got Ryan James... Um, who's obviously going to hopefully start in the front row. Well, for me on the bench, there's one, there's one they have to put in, and that's Caleb Binge. He's been awesome in their 20s. Uh, he's, a, he's a thick, kind of awkward build. Um, I, I don't know what else I can say about him other than he, he offers a point of difference. I think he'd be better on the bench than, say, a Bull Bailey or a Matt White. You know Bull Bailey's going to be there. Gold Coast, you know, love him. Yeah. Cartwright loves him. I know he's consistent, but Binge would have to be somewhere on the bench for me. Yeah. And... Um, well, I'm not going to comment too much on Binge because I haven't seen him play much. You're the 20s fan here. I, um, you know, as a Gold Coast fan, I sort of their 20s are really hard, hard well, to watch. Well, there's not much else going on, time, but so. he, he's dominant in the 20s. Okay. He stands out in that team, and he, he played well in Q Cup, and I've watched him play in the, the Aboriginal knockout. He's a really good player. Yeah. So he, he's probably the only one I can see moving up. Well, what about Cartwright? Well, he's he, under pressure, isn't he? Again, if he misses the finals, what's that, three or four years in a row now? Well, we haven't made the finals since 20. 10 and in 2011 we won the wooden spoon yeah well so this will be the fourth straight if, year. if this is not a sacking if he doesn't make the eight I don't know what is mm. um, Origin may hurt them a little bit if you, you'd think Harrison's now out of that picture but you know one the one that burns me always Nate Miles after Origin always just seems to die he just completely dies out he always has injuries after Origin he can never finish a year after Origin I've seen oh. the last couple of years he just kind of falls off the bandwagon. Yeah, well, maybe that's something Cardi's got to look at. Maybe he's got to give him a week but, or but two off. But even if they have rested him, he always just seems to come back in and just look like he's okay. just, you know... Interesting observation. He's run his race, but it's it's been more the than other one, one year. For me, it's been uh, more than one year. It's Luke Douglas. He's really struggled to kick on since he's been up on the Gold Coast. He hasn't had the same effect. Whether he, he stood out in a poor side at Cronulla, um, same as Kate Snowden. They, they were two... People used to rave about him, two of the best front rowers in the comp, and neither of them has really kicked on at their, their uh, next club. 
Well, Snowden was looking good last year before he busted up the jaw, but yeah. I think I think he's been better than what Douglas has. Though Douglas moved. Oh, up, I agree with Douglas that. But moved I still up don't there think that, and went, um, went onto the bench for you guys for Christ. Yeah, but I, I don't think that Snowden's been as good at Newcastle as what no, he was at Cronulla. But they, That's were, my point. they were both heavily relied on there when they got money and yeah. moved on to clubs where they probably weren't as. Uh, heavily leaned on, I think things kind of change. Plus, their style has really suited the way that Cronulla played. I don't know if the clubs they've gone to have really tailored uh, to what they do, you know. Um, the one for me, just before we move on, is Dave Taylor. What are we going to get out of Dave Taylor this year? If Dave Taylor was to explode and that forward pack stayed healthy and Ryan James and Kelly and Caesar and all this, I look at this. This is a good side on paper. Yeah, but is. this is another one of these ones like Steve Price in charge that I look at and I'm just like, I don't know if I can trust Cartwright. Nine with Carter in there, is yet to be seen. Is Kelly's foot going to be okay? I don't know. And Zilman will probably break down again. That always happens. Yeah, for so, me. And depth. Depth just kills you guys. There's nothing really there. Like Steve Michaels, I know you're not exactly uh, red hot on that. Licky Licky got brought up there. He's been at a couple of clubs. Anthony Don, uh, Jamie Dow. Like, there's just a lot there you look at and go, I don't know. You, you, well, my you, biggest issue is is this, is the fact that we go and buy Dave Taylor, we go and buy Jamal Idris, we go and spend overs on these players. And you re-sign old right? blokes. Yeah, but we also, for the price that you get Dave Taylor, you get probably three solid first graders. You could have had T.O. For the price result. that you, um, you know, you get Jamal Idris, you probably got four solid first graders. You know, you give 200k each to. Um, that's my issue, and that's that's what you put all your eggs in the one basket. If Dave Taylor doesn't perform, you're gone. If yeah. Jamal Idris gets injured, you're gone. Like last year, like it's sort of our whole season hinged on the Idris, Idris, sorry, the Idris injury. And the, the fact that Dave Taylor didn't perform and looked unfit and obviously had issues with Cardi because Cardi had his foot up his backside the whole year trying to get him to play well. Yeah. And he probably didn't play his best football until the last round of the competition. And as, as your mate Gordon Taylor said, he, oh, he yeah. tricks you. He um, tricks you. He, he, <laughs> he creates an illusion. He plays yeah. like a couple of good games so you're not angry at him. But you forgot <laughs> about the first like 18 or so games that he played where he was like bad. You know what I mean? Well, the good thing for me was that Cardi, in that press conference, and it still resonates with me a little bit, he got in that press conference and said, we need that from Dave every week. Yeah, every week. Which was really good. But where, like, where, was Dave, where was Cartwright on him at the start? Well, obviously he has been. He's put some pressure um, on him now in the media. So he's now accountable, Dave Taylor. And, and if he doesn't form there is there's going to be pressure go on because he's off contract he's so. going to be under pressure as well um he's off contract so i guarantee you, you're going to see it <laughs> like everyone yeah. in that situation when they're off contract you see good football well cardi's basically off contract as well because if he if he probably if he doesn't make the eight he's going to be gonskis mm. well what have you got him finishing well, i have them finishing a 13th well, i just them. don't have any faith the one the thing for me is their centers um well i've got 12th and i'm with you and outside backs centers at Zilman, it's the injuries at nine. From six down, I'm really happy with them. The bench, I don't think we, I don't think got we have no a depth. great bench. You have zero bench. depth. And then outside of that, there's not much depth. So, But from, from six to 13, I think we're a, a top four side. You um, are. But the first five is the issue. And if they can stay on the field and it never happens, kick though. on a little bit, it doesn't. So, And your forward packers, you have the same problem. Bird will get a niggle at some stage. Well, they, Harrison, just, they all play Origin Miles, as well, which kills you. They all get burned out. Dave Taylor's got calves and everything else that he has problems with. Like it's, yeah. yeah. I've, I've got him at 12th. and uh, that's well, You've got the betting odds first. I've got the odds. So to win the competition, they're 34, minor premiership, 41. To make the top four, they're eight. Obviously, the value in in, uh, in lies in the making the top eight. Um, they're three dollars to miss the top eight. If you think they're going to struggle, they're a dollar thirty six. Don't waste your money. 
Um, the wooden spoon, they're $8. I don't think they're going to be the wooden spooners. Um, the total win line is at eight and a half. So what do you reckon? Over or under? I think they'll go over that. I think, I think they'll win. I think they'll I'll, go over. I think they'll probably win 10 games. They're more about a 10. But like I said, if injuries happen and things went wrong, they could. If, they could if the hooker situation eight. stays how it is now where the hookers are injured and Kelly's foot does need, uh, need operating on and Taylor was injured again and things were inconsistent, you could see things going horribly wrong. Yeah. But, um, you know... It's just it's the same thing all over and over again. You look at it on paper, it looks good, but there's no depth, and those guys always seem to suffer issue, you know, injuries and issues every single year. Yeah, uh, That's our first eight teams we've previewed from 16th to 9th on, on where they finished in 2013. So we'll recap our ladders to finish off this episode. So from the teams we've gone through, I've got the Raiders at 16th, the Tigers at 15th, the Eels at 14th, the Dragons at 13th, the Gold Coast at 12th, the Broncos at 10th, the Panthers at 7th, and the Warriors at 6th. Alrighty, I've got the Raiders at 16th, the Tigers at 15th, the Eels at 14th, the Titans at 13th, the Broncos at 11th, the Dragons at 10th, the Warriors at 7th, and the Panthers at 6th. So we've pretty much got the exact same spots with a little bit shuffled around. Yeah. But um, that's our first part of the preview. As I said, 16th to 9th on the 2013 ladder. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be putting up the second part of this, which will be 8th to 1st in 2013 and giving our predictions and overview for those teams and how we think they're going to go in 2014. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 